South Shore. How are you? Welcome to the stage of the South Shore Listens podcast. It is May 29th, our last Saturday in the month of May, and we have been focusing strictly on mental health awareness as well as the powers of healing and some of the issues right here in our backyard and our community of mental health and awareness. As we know, there are an array of mental health issues as well as concerns. We are bringing you a resident of the South Shore community, and her name is Miss Ramonda Pierce. Miss Ramonda Pierce comes from a very well-known family right here on the edge of the South Shore. Well, she was founded, born, bred, and raised in this area. She went on to receive a degree at Howard University, Meharry, as well as fashion schools right here in Chicago, Illinois. We are bringing you Miss Ramonda Pierce, as well as to the stage, we are bringing you Miss Martina Ethelge. She comes to us from the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area, and she is an expert, a professional in clinical studies, as well as health and wellness surrounding art therapy. Miss Martina Ethelge has received two degrees from Howard University as well as George Washington University. These two ladies are going to share with us not only some testimonies on life experiences dealing with mental health and awareness as well as some healing possibilities and art therapeutic lessons that we are able to take and utilize within our everyday life. South Shore, I hope you enjoy this episode of South Shore Listens. I am your host, Kalana Dion. Our next guest, Miss Ramonda Pierce, has lived in the South Shore community her entire life and has been here with her family. She has um, not only been listening to our podcast, but has also been a part of the community and has dealt with um, the disorder bipolar disorder. And bipolar disorder is a mental disorder that is characterized by periods of depression and periods of abnormality that um, elevates different moods um, within um, different parts of your lifestyle and sometimes can be um, severe and sometimes can be less severe. And so as we deal with mental health awareness, it has been awesome that we have had some people come on and tap into this podcast to say that I deal with different mental health disorders, whether it be um, multiple sclerosis, Chiari malformation, bipolar disorder, and they have 
volunteer to share with our South Shore community that you can not only live through it and deal with it, but also it can be a, a blessing to share with the community at large. So this next guest, Miss Ramonda Pierce, is a pillar in our community here. Um, she has been as well as her father, and I would like her to share, and her mother, and I would like for her to share about herself and um, her family and how um, she is has been a blessing to the community and what this month means and bipolar disorder means to her just briefly. And then um, we are going to wrap up with just another question that someone has also tapped in with um, our South Shore community because mental health awareness is important to our community here in the South Shore area. And we are listening to you and we hear you South Shore. So without further ado, Ms. Ramonda Pierce, would you like to share with us? Oh, hello everyone. Thank you for having me. Um, it, it's an honor and a privilege even to be able to, to share uh, uh, with uh, my fellow South Shore, South Shoreans, can I say that? Um, <laughs> my journey with um, uh, uh, mental health started when I was in high school. Um, towards the end of my high school years, um, it, it became apparent that it was something going on with me, but wasn't really sure uh, what it was. But when I went away uh, to college, when I graduated <clears throat> from high school and went, to went away to college, um, that's when um, things uh, really intensified for me. And when I came home, um, that first uh, uh, break for Christmas break, um, it was uh, apparent to my parents that something was definitely wrong. And um, my father being a doctor um, from Meharry uh, uh, flew me to Meharry to have me evaluated. And it was determined at, at that time that I dealt with depression. And um, me, I, I'm a baby boomer. I was born in 1960. So um, during that time, um, you know, mental health, especially in the black community was kind of a, and still is probably um, uh, not as much as it was then, but was a hush hush thing. It wasn't something that you uh, talked about or shared or anything like that. Um, um, and there, the um, um, diagnosis of um, different levels of um, your um, depression or, or bipolar and things like that hadn't, um, they weren't really um, developed at that time. So I was just blanketed as uh, um, dealing with depression. Um, as I went through um, battling, um, living with depression and, and um, not wanting to take medication because it made me feel, medications back then really kind of paralyzed you and they just made me feel like a zombie. So I would basically just uh, fight uh, myself just to 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 um, be able to live with and and um, pull myself out of these um, bouts of depression when I would have them. Um, as I got um, into my I would say my late twenties and thirties and uh, got more evaluation, it be, it was um, I was diagnosed as being bipolar. And, um, and that 
um, added a whole nother element to being able to um, uh, uh, be treated, I guess you could say, because then the, the uh, medications could be a little bit more um, uh, specific to the highs and the lows that you experience as a, a bipolar um, person. Either I would be, when I would go into what I called what we called in the family, I'm having an episode, I would either be severely depressed or there would be times when I would go into um, times when I was just like racing um, uh, on, on a high where I felt like I could do everything. So bouncing back and forth between those, those two worlds and sometimes having that even kill in the middle was definitely um, a challenge growing up, um, learning to be an adult and, and live with um, the bipolar depression. Um, I never did um, take medication and I'm not saying that medication is bad. It is good because bipolar depression basically is a chemical imbalance in the brain. So the medications help to, to um, uh, level all that out. But I, um, to this day, I'm 60, how am I, 61. <laughs> and um, I still have my um, ups and downs and sometimes they are severe, but I chose to not take the medication, like I said, for the reasons of how it made me feel, which means that I have to be very, very, um, uh, uh, careful with, um, my nutrition, because if you're not, if you're a bipolar or, um, person and you're not going to take medication, your nutrition is key. So I have to stay on top of my nutrition. I have to make sure that I get the proper rest. Um, whenever I start going into periods where I'm having trouble sleeping and things like that, those are trigger signs that, that I'm getting ready to, um, that move into an episode or something. So I start, I monitor my sleep, the amount of stress. I have to monitor my stress, which in this day and time is, you know, it, the world is stressful. So, um, but I just have to, I have to monitor that as well. And exercise is the key. Since I'm not going to take medications, it's like exercise is my, my medicine, so to speak. So um, I have to make sure that I exercise, eat right, get my proper sleep, and try to, to, to monitor um, stressful situations. And, and let me just say, I am an entrepreneur. I um, ran a, a um, design firm for 20 years. And which was a very stressful situation. I had a staff and we did major projects throughout the city of Chicago, um, um, very large commercial projects, um, institutional, educational, as well as residential projects. So um, being able to monitor um, projects, my staff, my life, you know, all these things and um, the bipolar, um, disorder has uh, really been a challenge. Sometimes I'm win I feel like I'm winning and just like anything, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm not winning as much, but fortunately God put people in my life, um, including my staff, 
staff and friends in my life um, that um, understood what was going on with me. They, and when I was going through a period where I was struggling, um, I could pull back and they stepped up and covered me. So I've been extremely blessed with the people. I don't think that I would um, have been able to um, accomplish the number of things that I've accomplished from uh, in my entrepreneurial journey, as well as I am very big on uh, community service and and serving and serving my community, um, doing the um, nonprofit uh, work that I do. We have I started a nonprofit group called Cousins Empowered Optimist. Is um, and it was just not just me, but my family. We started a um, the, this nonprofit, and um, and and it's all about serving the community. Um, and and so to this day, uh, currently the current project that we're working on is we have a golf camp for children from eight to eighteen, where we provide free golf lessons not only for the children that are interested, but for their parents as well. Um, we're doing, and we have many other projects that we're working on as well. So I live a very busy, um, uh, packed lifestyle of uh, serving, giving, helping, and um, and uh, taking care of myself as well. So. Um, um, really with, you know, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is um, having bipolar depression or any other mental health challenge is not something to be ashamed of or something that uh, we need to uh, put under the rug or, or not talk about, you know, we, we need the support of each other. Um, and sometimes you never know what another person is struggling with. When you see someone, um, you know, exhibiting a behavior that you know may be uncharacteristic, or you know um, that may not be so lovely, um, sometimes it's nice just to step back and, if you could just say what I, I call it, the 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 behavior is the fruit of what I see, and I try to trace it back to the root to just step back before I'm reactionary or judgmental and say, man, what. Let me see what that what this person may be going through, and you know that type of thing. Because sometimes, often, it it there are so many of us that are dealing with mental health issues, and we're just suffering silently. Nobody really knows, and if nobody knows, then they can't really help. So I just I just um, say you know I'm I'm so grateful for this Mental Health Awareness Month. I think it's something that's really greatly needed, especially in our community, especially in this day and time with um, um, COVID and all the isolation and separation and things like that. Um, I, I would be willing to bet that, you know, we have more and more people that are, are experiencing um, uh, trauma and, and trouble or, or, or having a hard time and it could be rooted in um, some type of mental health issue. So even I agree, I agree. 
Yes. Um, and I, I believe that you are so very on point with um, everything that you said, especially in this time period. And right here in the South Shore community, we have bonded together to just support one another in all of this, um, in the coaching through this COVID-19 time period. Um, I think that you touched on a very important topic that was the question that um, one of the listeners um, mentioned on last week and you were able to answer in um, sharing with us. And I thank you, Ms. Pierce. And it was just how important is the family in dealing with um, bipolar disorder. And, and you mentioned it and, and shared with us so very well. So to our listener to the podcast and who um, wrote in, I hope that you are listening and that you were able to hear Ms. Ramonda Pierce and see how supportive her family was and her extended family and how she has been very successful with the nonprofit organization, with carrying on with her entrepreneur endeavors and that it can be done at large, um, personally, internally, as well as externally. And um, as we wrap up um, this segment of our podcast, um, like we like to do always, just want to leave you all with a few notes and tidbits that um, mental health is something that is very important because it, it takes on every single piece and part of our body, our stability. Um, like Ms. Ramonda Pierce said, and this is something that she has not only researched and dealt with because she, like she said, she does not like to take medication, but it has to do with your sleep. Um, it has to do with your eating. As the doctor shared last week, it has to do with um, um, every part of your exercising. And so it is a 360 holistic um, approach to your health. And that is very, very important that we research ourselves and know ourselves as much as possible to take care of our mental health. And it can be triggered um, by excuse me, um, it can be triggered by um, extra stress um, that is within your families, right, Ms. Pierce? Um, right, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, extra stress, yes. Mm -hmm. um, it can be warranted. It can be um, that's something that's unwarranted or something you didn't even know was coming on, um, but that a, a, an episode can, can start that you didn't even know, but you can catch it. And so from and so that is something that we want to be mindful of so that we have that balance and we, we gather together around people. And like she said, we, we don't just look at people and just wonder, we may reach out and share and, and be of help. Um, and so thank you, Ms. Pierce, for jumping on and sharing with us. You all get your rest, um, get your exercise, eat right, try to be balanced, have open dialogue and communication with your families and get your family history. That is something that um, we need to do within all of our communities, um, not only the African-American community, but I think that is something that is very important because of um, the history of the African-American communities that we must do that um, to find out, go back, 
find out um, for generations past what has transpired with your 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 ancestors and find out exactly um, the disorders as well as um, the the mental health um, the medical issues that you all have had on on both sides of your family both paternal and maternal that will that will help you to go forward for your families to be healthier and so once we start having those dialogues we will be healthier within our communities and so miss pierce is there anything that you would like to leave us with because that's how we like to end our shows with our guests and hearing your voice because we are south shore listens uh, well let's see i'd just like to say um to all those who um may be struggling or have been diagnosed or just don't really know but feeling um not feeling themselves just know that it's okay you know um there's help and there's a victory within this world as well it you know you can you can still do be anything that you desire to do it's it doesn't it doesn't have to be uh, uh, considered a handicap or something that's gonna hold you back. You just have to, to know how to manage it and, and move forward and still go for um, your goals and your dreams and your aspirations and, and, um, and live, live your best life. It's nothing to be ashamed of. That's right. Well, there you have it. We are living our best life here in the South Shore. You all have a great evening and we will see you next week. Good evening, South Shore listens. How are you? We are here with Ms. Martina Ethelge, and we are so excited to have her in our presence. Again, she is a clinical professional in the art therapeutic world from the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, and she brings us a world of expertise. So, Ms. Martina, would you please just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how awesome you are? Because we know you are bringing us so many nuggets here to the South Shore community. Sure. Thank you, Kalana. Um, well, I am a board certified art therapist. Um, I also hold professional counseling licensures in Maryland and D.C., as well as a professional art therapy license in Maryland. I'm a two time. Howard University graduate, also an alumna of George Washington University's art therapy program, as well as an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church, currently serving in an appointment beyond the local congregation as a full-time psychotherapist in private practice. So I am the founder and creative director for AYA Healing Arts, LLC, where I offer individual counseling and art therapy services for adults of all ages and abilities. And for 10 and a half years prior to that, I served at Whitman Walker Health in Washington, DC, which is a community-based health center where I specialize in offering culturally sensitive care to marginalized groups, including those living with HIV and AIDS, as well as members of the LGBTQ community. Some of my areas of interest include mood disorders, chronic health conditions, trauma, 
relationship issues, grief and loss, multicultural issues, as well as spiritual and existential dilemmas and concerns. Um, I've facilitated a number of different expressive arts retreats, trainings, and workshops for individuals of all abilities and ages along the East Coast. And I've also partnered with various schools, universities, government agencies, community organizations, and churches. Um, I also currently serve as an adjunct professor in the Department of Art Therapy at George Washington University, my alma mater in Washington, D.C. Wow, 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 triple wow, quadruple wow. I am <laughs> so very excited to have not only someone that is um, very talented, um, bless our community um, with information and array of knowledge, but also just very well versed because it is very important when we are just looking at the season and the time period at which we live in to not only expand upon our borders of our homes, which we have been in quarantine for you know, almost two years going on and, but our minds, it is important for us to challenge our minds, to stretch our goals and to go to new heights. And I think that is so very important during this time period, wrapping up mental health awareness month and going right into the summertime period for us to touch on how important it is the work that you do and what you bring as a value especially to the African-American community. Um, I think that it would be great if you could share with our listeners what, what is art therapy and um, a little bit of, of how you have specifically been able to help clientele throughout this COVID-19 season and time period. Okay, thank you. Um, so art therapy is a professional field within the mental health field. Um, it requires a master's level education in order to conduct it. So it's not something that your layperson can do on the street. Art itself, art making is inherently therapeutic. So anyone who engages in art making, whether it's through crafting, um, art education that you would uh, receive in school can benefit from art making. But the difference with um, the field of art therapy is that art therapists use the creative process to help people deal with things that they can't find words for. Um, and we also not only have knowledge of how to use art materials, you know, the art making process itself and art materials, but we also understand how those art materials can impact the therapeutic process for better or for worse. Um, so if, for example, a person is struggling with schizophrenia or thought disorder, issue, um, working in collage might be very overwhelming for that person. Working in watercolor would be very overwhelming for that person. And so a, a trained art therapist would instead provide materials and art experiences that might be more stabilizing for that individual. So we might offer drawing utensils, markers, pens, crayons, because if I draw a line, the line appears. But if I'm working in watercolor, I might paint paint one line and the line go off in a variety of different directions, which again can um, cause a person's symptoms to be worse. So um, I'm an art therapist. I graduated from George Washington University with a master's degree in art therapy. And it has definitely proven to be helpful during this time of COVID. 
Um, you know, one of the things that I try to explain to my clients when it comes to COVID, when it first started a year, almost a year and a half ago now, it seems like, um, was that I described it as a, as a pressure cooker, an Instapot. Um, and it basically just turned the heat up on whatever was there, okay? Um, so if you already had depression, turn the heat up. If you already had anxiety, turn the heat up. If you already were struggling with trauma or other issues, turn the heat up on that. Um, and that's essentially what COVID has done. And so when you think about the African-American community and how we have been able to access care or not access care, turning the heat up on an already bad situation um, has made things really, really challenging. And so it's not surprising that people don't have words for everything that we have experienced through COVID. All of the losses that we've experienced through COVID, um, they, don't, they just don't have words for that. And so one of the, the first items of business for me with IA Healing Arts um, back in May of last year was to ensure that all of my clients had art kits available. Um, we, they were no longer able to work with me one-on-one, face-to-face in an office setting. They didn't have access to all of the art supplies um, that I had access to in my office space at that time. And so what I did was I selected a variety of different materials um, and sent them all care packages to make sure that our work could continue through COVID. Um, in addition to that, I wrote them all individual notes to let them know that I was grateful that they were willing to trust me as we both, you know, try to co-create something new um, through the pandemic. And that I hope that these art supplies, I included a sketchbook, I included markers, crayons, pens, pencils, um, watercolor pencils, um, a variety of, of, of different items my hope was that they would make use of those even when we couldn't meet. So in between sessions that they would use their sketchbooks um, to pour out whatever feelings they were experiencing, write, um, draw, paint, art, sculpt, all of it. Um, my hope was that, that they would use it and all of them, um, you know, a year later, were able to make use of those items. Wow. Um... That, that's awesome to, to hear that you had that individual effort and consultation that you were able to share those materials and put them in the hands of people that could utilize them on their own as well as continue their therapy with you. I think that is something that throughout the COVID-19 period is so important to for people to be able to have, to continue to have that hands-on, especially if they were already progressing with you mm-hmm. and doing very well um, with your clinical studies as, as well as working with them, either an individual or group basis. I know that you mentioned you've worked with churches, nonprofit organizations, schools, um, a vast diverse array of um, organizations that benefit the communities at large. Could you share with the listeners a little bit of 
how important it is to balance the parallelism when you're dealing with um, religious not and nonprofit organizations and to be able to sometimes marry um, the resources because spirituality and, and the development of art therapy and just being able to broaden your, your, your horizons, your thought process, um, your mental, your emotional, and to be able to seek um, a higher calling, it may help those benefit to balance. So can you share with the listeners um, some of the tools that you have used or how you feel about um, interjecting um, religion into the process? Um, so, you know, I am an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church, and the way I like to describe deacons in, in um, that tradition is that we can marry and bury folks, um, but we do not do the sacraments. So unlike in the Baptist tradition where deacons historically are assistants or assist the pastors um, in carrying out ministry within the United Methodist Church, we are ministers as well. So we are co-partners and partners in ministry with the elders of the church. Um, most deacons have a ministry outside of the church's four walls. Um, and so for me, my ministry has to do with mental health, mental health awareness. So I'm very much interested in how spirituality can be both helpful and harmful to a person's overall well-being. Um, when it is harmful, a lot of my work is very much reparative in that sense. So I have a lot of clients, um, particularly when I've worked with members of the LGBTQ plus community who come to me to reconcile and make sense of experiences, traumatic experiences, negative experiences that they may have had with, um, you know, members of their religious traditions growing up. Um, and some of them are also looking to construct new religious and spiritual practices and identities that resonate with them more or that are more healthy. Um, in addition to that, when it is helpful, I certainly welcome my clients to invite in their religious or spiritual practices in a way that can enhance their overall well-being. Um, so when it comes to, you know, COVID, one of the things that um, I've noticed is, you know, this sense of loneliness. The idea of loneliness has, has, is something that a lot of people have grappled with and struggled with throughout COVID. And so the loss of community um, has had a really negative impact on people's mental health and their ability to function. Even people who might consider themselves introverts, you know, at some point hit a wall. Like initially I had clients and all the extroverts were like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to connect to people? I can't go to this meeting or that meeting or the deacon board and I can't go to church and I can't worship and I can't, you know, I'm having a really hard time not connecting. Um, and some of the introverted, more introverted clients I had were like, oh, this is wonderful. This is great. You know, but around, you know, the first year, around the ninth month or so, everyone was hitting the wall um, with it just being really challenging. And so for some of my clients, finding creative ways of connecting to community. And so one of the things that I, for those for whom spirituality is important, um, one of the things that COVID did do um, in eliminating some barriers is that it actually made services more accessible. So people who may have disabilities, who could not go up the staircase of different um, you know, places of worship, 
were able to access services online. Things that the disability you know, activists have been asking for and railing about for years. Um, finally, you know, different faith and spiritual you know, institutions and communities were finally able to kind of recognize that there has to be another way to con connect folks to community and to their worship services. And so one of the things that COVID has done is that it's allowed people to kind of church hop. You know, for those who might be Christian, it's allowed them to church hop, to visit one service versus another service. So they don't have to, you know, take off a whole Sunday and drive across town to see what, you know, one church is doing versus another. Um, and for those who might be interested in exploring other spiritual pathways, it's allowed them to access services as well. And so I think, you know, finding creative solutions for that is something that I, I strive to do. And so whenever a client shares that, that's something that they want to work on as a goal. Um, connection to community. Um, you know, is there a way that we can reconnect them or connect them for the first time? to a new faith community is something that I try to assist them with. Um, but, you know, there, there are a variety of ways um, that, I've, that I've, you know, tried to weave in mental health um, on the other side. Um, and so I've done some workshops with different churches um, throughout the East Coast to assist them in, in connecting their faith and spiritual practices to social justice movements. Um, I've been able to lead workshops on compassion fatigue um, and how to address burnout, you know, and caring for the caregiver. Um, so those are just some of the ways that I've, I've tried to intentionally weave in um, and honor spirituality and religion in my work. I love it. I am taking notes and post-its everywhere. Um, we are definitely going to have to have you back in a couple months when we, um, we go into some of our social justice projects and works here on um, our South Shore Listens podcast. But one thing that you said and you, you stressed, and I've heard this on a constant, which has been something that is, is phenomenal to hear a woman of your stature mention, is at a, to be of a constant, to be a continuum, um, to be a steady, at a steady pace. And that is, that's from the temperature um, that I have been able to take throughout your conversation. And just really candidly, I'm, I'm hearing that you stay connected um, and you stay grounded within your, yourself as well as to your clients and those that you serve and to be a, a servant leader and a servant-based um, person, um, a lay person, an educated person, um, that's what you have to do. And one of the things that you just mentioned about relieving stress. Um, that really has a lot to do and with um, the guest that you share the platform with today on South Shore Listens mentioned that she lives with bipolarism and has for um, in knowledgeable, been knowledgeable about it for over 40 years. And so coping with stresses and dealing with those is something that has been a consistent um, in all of our podcasts that we've been talking about this month. And so what I like that you were able to mention is that 
you stayed connected within the community. And right here in Chicago, within the South Shore area, we have our our vaccine buses, our COVID vaccine buses that are that are pulling up in the communities to stay connected. Um, we have our churches that are utilizing their resources, pulling together to go out and make sure that the seniors are getting fed. Um, we have our students now that are working well with one another to make sure that the, the in energy of COVID-19 stays positive amongst their age group and as well as our lay leaders um, all over the city um, that are coming together to be impactful for those to get vaccinated. And so with that being said, I like just one thing that you, you, you could think of, one or two, um, that could possibly be creative um, or something that would be you know art therapeutic. We are in a city, um, it is no, um, no surprise, real candid, real transparent. We are in Chicago. This is where the things happen, you know, from steppers to, um, to, to hoagies, to Garrett's popcorn, you know, all the fun stuff, you know, our Lakeshore Drive. We are in a, a completely turned up city is what they say. And so, you know, what is something that would be beneficial for someone to relax um, and just that they could do, you know, with their family or on their own um, with going, coming out of this, this time period to stay grounded, to stay connected if they are a person that is continuously serving, that is continuously out there in the community. Um, because we have a lot, we have a lot of students, we have a lot of um, community personnel that are, that are steady out here hitting the pavement to make sure that people stay healthy. So what is something that you could recommend for them? Because I think that during this Mental Health Awareness Month, I think that it's important for us to give resources um, and aids for those that are giving so much of themselves to others. I think that, um, you know, there, there's certainly a lot, like um, you mentioned, you know, the activism that's going on in terms of making sure people are being fed, making sure people have access to vaccines. I think for people who are struggling with mental health issues, you know, um, you know, feeling like what you're doing is meaningful can definitely boost and elevate your mood. So volunteering, you know, for those who haven't considered to, you know, considered volunteering during these times, there's so many different things that you can do. You know, if you're a crafter and you enjoy crafting, you know, there's a way that you can share that, you know, even in the virtual space. Um, I joined a sew-along group um, there's an organization in the DC area called So Creative, which was created by a Howardite. Um, and it's an organization in the before times, before COVID and everything, where you could um, come together and learn how to sew. And so they had sewing machines and classes going nonstop. Um, but when COVID happened, they had to kind of reinvent themselves. And so they were making masks and they had challenges where other crafters around the country could join in and make masks. Um, to give them to, you know, those who are on the front lines and second lines who didn't have access to PPE at the time. Um, but they, what they have continued to do is continue to adapt to the times. And so they offer so long challenges. Um, and so I've seen, you know, faith-based organizations and churches get the folks who they know like to sew to create things for people who don't have as many resources. So making, um, 
I've seen them make um, pillowcase dresses uh, for children overseas who don't have um, clothing or access to clothing. Um, so that was one project that they did together. Another project that you can do that has, um, uh, you know, can have a, a major impact. Those people who are in nursing homes, it's possible to create cards, you know, or postcards to those residents who are in nursing homes who haven't had access to being able to get out. So gathering the family together to send postcards to an anonymous person in a nursing home um, is a great family project that everybody can participate in and everyone can feel good about doing. Um, so mobilizing churches to do that, to think about communities that are overlooked. Um, so that's one way to not only do something to make yourself feel better, but also to do something in a way to give back, right? And to hopefully pass that on. Um, the last thing I'll mention, another Howard I. Visa Butler um, in Chicago at the Art Institute of Chicago has an installation up right now, Visa Butler Portraits, which you know, viewing art can definitely elevate your mood. It can, you know, instill a sense of peace and calm. You know, the viewing of artwork um, is beneficial to your health. And so she has her quilts on display, again, at the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, she uses quilt making and portraiture, you know, through textiles, you know, to explore and interrogate the historical marginalization, you know, of our community. So just going by to view, take in something beautiful. Um, can enhance your well-being as well. I'm sure you all have parks, nature parks that you can take advantage of. Getting out into, out into the open, taking in, you know, nature is another way that you can enhance your overall well-being. There's a lot that we can do, um, and I think that, you know, as things are changing and hopefully more people are getting vaccinated, um, there's a lot more that we can do to enhance our, our mental health and our overall well-being than we realize. I agree. I agree. And you stressed that there is a lot that we can do. And I am from the school of thought that there is no such can't. So I'm glad that you shared that and you stressed the can. We have to, South Shore and Chicago, um, we have to realize that we have so much that we can do, that we can, you know, grow upon, materialize on. Um, our communities are maturing to work well with one another. And art is a, a huge of a huge um, process and, and part of our lives here in Chicago. We have several different murals. Um, we have several different artists that were, were birthed here and developed here. And you know, their careers have really flourished here. And so we do not take art as well as entertainment and um, talent lightly. And a lot of them dealt with several different issues that that art they had mentioned that art has been able to, to balance them like you said um, and to help them um, on a therapeutic level so it was really important to have someone that is of professional manner join us today on South Shore Listens. We are glad that she has been able to share so many nuggets and bless the podcast stage and we will have her back. I am glad that you have been able to just embark on a, a conversation with us, a very candid conversation, and we can't wait to do it once again. So just like we do 
every week on South Shore Listens. Would you please share with us a few nuggets or anything that you would um, like to leave our listeners with? So, Miss Effulgy, please. Thomas Merton once stated that art is the one thing that allows us to find ourselves and lose ourselves at the same time. So whenever we have an opportunity to take in the arts and all of their wonderful forms, whether it's visual art, music, drama, dance, movement, etc., we have the opportunity to replenish and restore our highest selves. For as Pablo Picasso once stated, art washes away from the soul the dust of everyday life. So there you have it, Chicago, South Shore. We have had an awesome conversation and have a great week. And we will see you back on the South Shore Listen stage. 